by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, January 6th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone line at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds your great taste. It's only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Uh, we've got Tony Kemper coming up a little bit later on, Marshall's women's basketball coach. Uh, we're going to hear from him. I've got select comments from him about the upcoming game. The ladies are in action on the road, taking on Charlotte. And again, the Conference USA schedule will feature a Friday-Saturday series with Charlotte. Save travel on these teams. You don't have to go multiple places and trying to limit exposure as well. So that's what that's about. We'll hopefully uh, have more from Coach Kemper uh, toward the end of the weekend. Men's basketball, on the other hand, we don't have basketball for Friday and Saturday. Uh, University sent out the notice earlier today that the game, the home series with Charlotte on Friday and Saturday, postponed due to Marshall just not having enough student-athletes from COVID-19, contact tracing, and injury. So it's sort of, it's all cascaded. You've got COVID-19 itself. You have the contact tracing that goes along with it. And, of course, you have some players that are dealing with some injuries. Again, no names revealed. Just don't have enough players to go. And I think that's the smartest thing you can do. You can make these games up. You don't have to have them right now. Sure, you would like to play, but I think that's a smart thing to do. If you don't have enough players to play, I mean, let's be honest. Marshall going out there with a limited roster probably is going to be at a disadvantage, and I don't think you want to do that to the team, the student-athletes. I mean, if you have only a few players, I mean, do you really want to risk injury as well? Not that it's going to happen, but still, you want to put these kids in the best position. And I would think the same thing for Charlotte if that was the case for them. So that's where we're at. No basketball. COVID has struck again, and you're going to see this constantly, I think, until the end of basketball season. And then we don't know how we're going to progress the following season, how much of the vaccine that is being made available, the multiple variations of it, how much of that's going to be able to curb the spread, sort of protect us. How much uh, penetration do you have to have across the country of of people who have been inoculated to to really get to the point where you can, with a little bit more consistency and more safety, have these events? And again, it's very tough for a basketball team compared to a football team. Football team can weather a player or two being off the roster. It's not ideal, but... You can weather that. For basketball, I mean, this is going to take out teams. Smaller teams, this is going to take out teams. And so, you know, I'm surprised we haven't seen it on a larger scale. I know it's impacted the Cleveland Browns, and their playoff chances are in doubt as far as actually being successful. They're there. It's just now, are they going to have a team that's going to be able to beat the Steelers? And we know that they beat the Steelers, but that wasn't Pittsburgh's full team. Not to take anything away from Cleveland, they won. They got themselves in the position to be in the playoffs. But you look at how this is impacting teams, and basketball is going to hit harder because you have several players not 
multitudes, but you have several players that occupy the same space. They occupy the same space on the court. Of course, travel. Travel's a big one. I mean, you're going to be in a confined spot for a while, depending on what your travel accommodations are. And you got to practice safe social distancing. You got to wear your mask. You got to do everything you possibly can. And Coach Kemper talks a little bit about that later on. We're going to hear from him. I don't have the entire press conference. I wanted to save some of it. But we have his comments starting with uh, his preview of Charlotte, and we'll go from there. Uh, it was tough going for his squad. He had a limited roster, able to adjust on Saturday to to pull out the win against Louisiana Tech. Friday, not the case. Had to go to overtime and didn't prevail there. But COVID has impacted a lot of teams. I mean, he had enough to play, but he didn't have the depth I'm sure he wanted to at that time. But still, he had enough to play because, ironically enough, he had the depth. He had the depth to play, just not the depth at his disposal that he wanted. So he'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll preview Charlotte with him later on. Uh, we'll get your phone calls in during the break at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Uh, there's a lot I want to talk about today. Basketball, of course, is the big one since we don't have a weekend series now for the men. So your weekend plans are open. We're not new to this. We're not this isn't strange to us. You know, it's we're readjusting. So no basketball plans, and uh, they're going to try to reschedule. Again, this is a home series. I don't know what the ticket situation is going to be. If you won the lottery for the Friday game and you're wondering if you're going to get another shot at that or if that's going to be carried over, I would check with the ticket office there. Uh, they will have uh, all the details for you. Also, uh, always go to the website, herdzone.com. They usually post all the details there. So, yeah, you know the drill by now when it comes to tickets and questions like that, what you need to do. But the Herd will be on the road next week. One game on the road taking on Western. So that's the, that's the series, Western and then Western back here. And thankfully, it's been done right, I think, this time. You spread it out a little bit. You have Western on a midweek, and then you have them on Sunday. Then you go on your, your trip the following. I think that's the best thing to do. I hated it when Marshall would have to go to Western and then storm off to uh, parts unknown, it felt like. Yeah, there needs to be at least a little massaging of the schedule to make sure it's fair for all parties involved. And Marshall definitely had a, uh, a bout. You remember that a couple years ago, a couple seasons ago? That was a tough stretch. They... They had some difficulty there trying to to deal with just travel and running out of gas. So the schedule, on at least on paper, you don't run out of gas, but if you're contact tracing and if you're quarantining, you're not going to be able to keep in basketball. And that's the other thing. That's the other dilemma here is – if you've got several players that are not going to be on the court, not practicing, you're not going to have your your squad the way you want it, you know, that's going to be difficult because I'm sure these kids are going to have to do what they're told to, to take care of themselves at the same time. You know, nothing beats being on the court, having a practice, having a, a scrimmage, having a shoot-around. Nothing beats that. you got to try to keep in shape because you don't want to put these kids out there in a situation where – 
And that's the thing. you got to put these kids out there. They're going to have to quarantine for several days, and then they get back on the court. Yeah, they haven't been on the court in several days. Now, of course, they're going to bounce back for sure, but still, you – you're starting cold again. That's the other dilemma here for this Thundering Herd team. And they, they were. It looked like after the second game against Louisiana Tech, they were finding themselves, and I was really happy with the bounce-back game. I thought that Marshall found itself, or at least found what it needed in that second game and started to put it together. And I was hoping that would be the case here against Charlotte. Back-to-back, you're at home this time put it together and go on a nice little run before you take on Western Kentucky. But now you got to reset, it feels like, and start over again. And COVID's not fun. That's what Dan said yesterday. There's nothing fun about COVID. There's nothing good about COVID. Nothing. Absolutely not. Other news of the day. If you've been following the uh, the news headlines, uh, there's chaos right now in the United States Capitol and that has kind of bled into the sports world. George Washington's men's basketball game against the University of Massachusetts, which was scheduled for 6 o'clock tonight in Washington, D.C., has been postponed. reason is because there's a curfew now in D.C., and so the curfew comes in the wake of supporters of President Donald Trump who have, for a lack of a, uh, a better term, have descended upon the U.S. Capitol, have stormed the Capitol. It's again, um, there is um, other news going on. Uh, we're not going to touch it too much here. That's not the point of the program, but we do acknowledge it because it has spilled into the sports world. And so um, there, are, um, there are lots of things going on right now that are working against sport. And honestly, I hate the fact that I have to talk about that because yesterday, last night, Usually, the way it falls, I get to watch it during vacation. And this year, it fell a little bit after. I watched the World Juniors in hockey. Now, I'm a hockey fan. If you've listened to the program for any stretch, you know that. And thankfully, you indulge me on that. And yesterday was a great opportunity for me to watch the juniors. College hockey... I want to like it more. I don't have a team that I necessarily like to follow. I want to watch it more. You know, I'll watch a little bit of the Big Ten. I'll watch a little bit of uh, some Hockey East. You know, I'll keep an eye on some of the stuff. But it's hard for me to get into because I don't have a team. And you need a team. Pros are a lot easier for me. College, I feel like you got to have a connection to that school. I'm not going to randomly pick a college and go, hey, that's my hockey college. You know. Maybe I should, but I digress. So these are some of the best players in the world. Canada had probably one of the best junior teams ever assembled in the world. It boasted, I think, 18 or 19 first-rounders. Americans had maybe like six drafted players on the squad, and Canada had some of the best of the best, right? This is the under-20. This is, you know, this is juniors. And it's being played in the bubble. It was being played in Edmonton. And again, perfect setup for this tournament. These kids had to quarantine and bubble. And bless their hearts that they did it. They wanted to play. Canada was the favorite, the odds-on favorite just to win this thing. Just 
they were the team steamrolling everyone. Uh, United States in the opening round or opening game lost to Russia. And then ever since, Team USA has been really good. Really strong, good in net. This was a, a team that was being challenged the same time was a team that you didn't want to deal with. They were a tough team. They were going to be a tough out. This was not going to be easy for Canada. Canada, on the other hand, just steamrolling teams. Canada never trailed in this tournament. Canada never tied after 0-0. So there wasn't a situation where a team had come back and tied them. It's you know Canada never trailed and never was tied after 0-0 and just stormed this tournament. It's in Canada. Now, unfortunately, the fans couldn't be there. Different atmosphere. But still, you, you've got, in a sense, this is your home country. You're on home ice. And the United States just, I thought, played a complete game. And the forecheck was unbelievable. And the rush into the zone, I really wish that NHL teams would take a look at how these kids actually got on offense. It was just a thing of beauty. And United States won its fifth under-20 title. 2-0 over the host nation. This is actually United States' fourth gold medal victory over Canada. These two teams have met five times in the medal game, the gold medal game. And United States now has won four of those five meetings and four in a row. If you're a hockey fan, Matthew Turcott and Trevor Zegras, those are going to be names in the United States uh, you're going to keep an eye on. And here's what's fascinating about this. These players scored the first five-on-five goals versus Canada in the entire tournament. Canada was even better. Even strength, you you did not score in Canada. So I was excited for this. I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of the Olympic sports. I like it when the Olympics happen and all of the winter sports I love especially, but the summer games, the winters, the um, the nationals, all of that. I like that stuff. And this is a big night. I mean, the United States winning a major international event, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really prideful and feeling I mean, as you should. The United States won. You should always root for the United States. If you are a citizen of this country, you know, you would, you should find the pride, right? Right? I mean, can we agree on that? Should find, And I was there. I was feeling it. I was feeling the pride. The United States won the gold medal against Canada. I mean, this is a big deal. It's not the Winter Olympics level for some of you, I'm sure, but this is a big deal. And... I enjoy the sport, so it's an opportunity for me to see some of the upcoming talent. I mean, say if you know, if you're watching basketball, I mean, put it to that way. You're, the difference here is we're seeing the top talent now in college, then go into the NBA or the NFL. Baseball, a little different path, but still, I mean, there's already that outlet for this. I mean, this is the top talent you're seeing play in, in hockey, or at least a, an avenue for the top talent. And hockey's, hockey's more akin to baseball as far as getting into the league than, say, the NFL, because the NFL's minor league is college football. The NBA's minor league is now overseas and college basketball. So college football, 
feeds into the pros. College basketball feeds into the pros. Hockey, there are several avenues. It's sort of like baseball. I mean, you can go into the minors. You can go the college route. Um, you can go into specific uh, junior leagues. This is still, I mean, this is a great night. I mean, the United States beats Canada in a sport that Canada claims is, is the, the national game. I mean, that's the national game there. It's Canada's game, and, and I'm feeling real good about it. And then, of course, today, you know, we come back down on a low with everything that's happening. So, uh, yeah, I, I still... I wish we could. Uh, I wish I was a little bit more, uh, you know, upbeat. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wish I was a little bit more upbeat right now because that was fun last night. And this is this is on me, but I don't have the NHL Network, so I had to go find a stream on Canada's ESPN, TSN. I had to find a stream I could watch, and then Chromecast it. You know, I was talking to somebody here, and of course, I'm probably gonna get get yelled at from somebody about this, but. I was talking to somebody uh, last night while I was watching the game. They're like, oh, yeah, now now you know how it feels when we try to find uh, games uh, with the Conference USA TV package. I'm like, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yes, I now have struggled just as much as a lot of Herd fans have. When we continue, Tony Kemper, I want to get his comments later on. We'll get your phone calls in. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We'll open the phone lines up next hour for you in the next segment. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. What if I just took over Caridi's show next hour? What if I just took it over and opened the phone lines up? Would you be in favor of that? Would you support that? Um, talk amongst yourself on that. I've got Tony Kemper's presser from earlier this afternoon. And uh, first question I asked of him, and that's where we're going to start, uh, just wanted to get sort of a preview. And th- this was really an idea of what it's going to be like to play against Charlotte this week on the road from him. And we'll start there. Here's Tony Kemper answering my question of just give us a preview of the opponent this week. Uh, Charlotte's, you know, traditionally a very good basketball team. Um, Very athletic, has really good length. That's, that's how they always are. I think probably the easiest measuring stick of Charlotte is you just look at how they've done against power five opponents. And I think they've played, three, I think, and basically gone to the wire with Clemson, uh, North Carolina, and then uh, Wake Forest, I believe. So they've gone toe-to-toe with, um, you know, the biggest conference in in the country in women's basketball, one of the biggest conferences in the country. And, you know, athletically, physically, and as a team and how they're structured, they were able to have a chance to win at the end. So obviously it's a really good basketball team. They've been that way in the past. This is nothing new. Coach uh, Coach Consuegra does a great job. And we'll have to be uh, very tough on the road, mentally, physically, uh, to do it back-to-back days. But, um, you know, it's going to be same plan as we've had, which is, um, you know, you hang in there, do as good as you can, uh, hopefully have a chance to win it in, in the fourth quarter. And um, that's that's where we'll be. I guess challenge-wise, is that is that where you think this team will, will win these games? Will, will it be late, you know, as opposed to just maybe dominating, again, like in the first half that you guys have had? I know Paige said that 
the, the focus this week has been on that second half energy. Uh, what have you been telling the ladies about maintaining that throughout the whole game? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would love to dominate. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think anybody goes into it thinking that that's the way it's going to go down. I mean, it's, this is a good basketball team. And and I'm sure that that Charlotte's not planning on, you know, dropping us by 30 on either game either. So I, I think we're got to prepare mentally for 40 minutes. So I guess that's where I'm coming from on that. It's conference basketball. Um, I think the last couple of times we've played them, it's been a really close game. I guess we got them in here a couple of years ago on a last second shot. Uh, they maybe beat us by four or five last year um, down there. So I just expect conference basketball to go 40 minutes and be possession by possession and, and come down the stretch. But, um, you know, I, I know they're a difficult, they're, they're a great basketball team, good, ch big challenge for us. And, um, you know, we don't have traditionally, you look at us in Conference USA play, we, we can go toe to toe to anybody. We don't have a great margin for error. You know, we have to play well to win. So, um, and that's not unlike a lot of people. So, um, you know, you just prepare for, it's going to take 40 minutes. And it's going to take 80 now, you know, it used to be 40, 40 in Charlotte. Now it's 80 minutes of good basketball in Charlotte. I know that, you know, everything's so crazy. The logistics even of a foot of a basketball game, looking at football before and doc did some things to try and separate his team, uh, whether it be additional buses or, or how y'all travel. How do you all go about that for a road game in terms of trying to make sure that, um, you know, people are distanced even on buses? That way there's no issues as as what can pop up as everybody's learning right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, first of all, we're not having to – Brandy Anders, our athletic trainer, She, we kind of have a – I don't even know what the structure is, but basically we have a doctor's group um, along with – you know, medical people that help us with our protocols, basically. And then it's my job to make sure we're following protocols, which we do. But uh, Brandy's worked tirelessly for women's basketball since the summer. Um, you know, she kind of gives us, we have seating arrangements on the bus. We have eating um, requirements. It's very difficult to eat on the road. You know, we, we really don't do it, quite frankly. So, um, you know, we'll eat something here in the gym where we can spread out. We'll drive all the way down there before we really... We can stop, but um, can't can't really get out and eat things like that. So there's there's a lot of different things. Um, there's protocols though. There's a book. Basically, we got to follow it. Um, rules. There's a lot of rules in 20, 2020, 2021 now. I'm ready for some of that to go away. I'll tell you that. Road road ice cream is going to be more difficult if we find a way to get some dubs on the road. I'll tell you that. I don't know. They're going to give, give them plastic bubbles to eat their ice cream cone in or something. You look at, you know, Charlotte, like you mentioned, the athleticism aspect of, of them, but it's an arena that they've seemed to do really well in as well. What is the most difficult thing about a trip to Charlotte per se in terms of uh, the arena and getting a feel for yourself down there? It's probably, I mean, to be honest, it's probably just consistency of the quality of what Charlotte's been. I mean, you know, just year in and year out there physical, they're tough, they're well coached. I mean, you know, and so I don't know. I, I think that's probably the difficulty of the arena is you always go down there and, you know, Jade Phillips is looking you in the face, which Jade Phillips has graduated now. And I'm, you know, she's a heck of a player in Conference USA. Coach Kemper will not miss her. You know, that's the bottom. I'm sure Coach Consuegra does, but I will not. And, you know, that they, they're going to have, they fill those holes very, very quickly there. You know, I mean, 
obviously North Carolina's a great basketball state. They have a lot of players there, um, you know. So I think it's the quality of the opponent that makes it difficult, you know. That there, I don't, I don't buy much into our, uh, you know, we can shoot over here and we can't shoot over there. We've struggled to shoot there because they're good defensively, you know. They're long and they can heat us up a little bit in spaces and things like that. That's why we've um, at times struggled to score down there. With this system of going back to back now, you know, what'd you get out of the first week of playing an opponent twice? Because uh, you have the opportunity to turn around quickly and make those quick adjustments. I, you know, I don't know that it's probably it's way it's really different. I'm not sure that I felt like at the end of it for our players, it's a lot tougher if that makes any sense at all. Um, because I think for our staff. It condenses. It condensed a lot of things that um, you know. May, maybe my message should be: maybe we should get more right in our initial thoughts on how we're going to guard them. Maybe that would be easier than trying to go back and do what we did, which was change quite a bit of you know little things and how we we're going to approach Louisiana Tech. Um, but I, it's pretty. There's a lot in there for coaches. I think for players, it was it was okay for them because we're speaking the same language like three days in a row, you know? And the typical thing is the Thursday game is over and then you transition to a whole nother, forget everything. And then you've got to really, uh, you've got to really cram for a test that is 24 hours away. So, you know, I think the familiarity made it, I think, I don't think our, our team kind of batted an eye, if that makes sense. We, we did a, quite a bit of work from a staff perspective and I think they, they, we did a good job of flushing out a, a tough loss and a bad way to go down and, and uh, being level-headed about the the task before us on Saturday. And I think that's going to be, you know, teams that are able to do that, I think are going to be okay through this, through this situation. Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, getting set for the road. Marshall taking on Charlotte. Game's going to be over on the student station, 88.1 WMUL. I appreciate their efforts for keeping us updated on the women as they travel. Jason Courier is going to have the call. Marshall's uh, sports information director also on the call for that one. So looking forward to listening to a little bit of the ladies this weekend. As well as, of course, the NFL. We've got a full slate this weekend. And since Marshall's not playing this weekend, that sort of opens up the schedule for us. We'll get into it with you later on this week, but we've got several games coming up. We're going to have a triple header coming up this weekend. There's going to be an NFL triple header. More football, right? Can't go wrong with more football. We'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We continue on with today's edition of The Drive for Wednesday, January 6th here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. I've kind of stayed away from this. I'm going to have to eventually get into it, so let's start now. Yeah, we're a few days removed from Doc Holliday's uh, contract not being renewed by Marshall University, and so the search will begin for a, well, a new coach. Search committee will be headed by Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, and of course, soon as a, a candidate is identified, 
the candidates um, will be presented to the president. The president will then get the contract approved if uh, he is satisfied with the choice. You know, you know how these things work. The speculation has begun. And now, first of all, let's just be realistic on a couple of names. One, Chad Pennington is not going to be the head coach. And he even put something out on Twitter, basically saying, look, hey, yeah, thanks, but you know, I've, I've got this to do. You know, I'm not the guy. And he's right. He's not the guy. You want someone who has experience as a coach in the college ranks. And Chad's a fantastic, fantastic symbol for Marshall Athletics. And I think he's going to have a great career, but he is getting started. Byron Lefwich, you'd love to have him, right? And I agree with that. He'd be fantastic. But he is on a different path. The NFL is a place where I think he's going to have sustained success. And so he's not coming. Let's be honest. It's great. It's a fantastic idea. It's a wonderful notion. And I think you should be, you know, be willing to make that invite. Hey, look, would you be interested? I mean, let him know you care. Don't just call him up and ask him for a check or a donation. Call him up. Say, would you be interested? But get those names out of your head. Uh, I've been looking at sort of lists because that's what the Internet does, lists. You need a story, let's put the list together. You need content, well, hey, let's just stack some names together and uh, we'll throw up a list and tell you why we're throwing this uh, on the wall. And so here's one. I um, I was sent this list. It's on SaturdayBlitz.com. Here are some of the names that might be coming up or at least have been thrown out. And these are only five of the names. Todd Hartley. Tight ends coach at University of Georgia. Spent time at Marshall, right? Former Miami assistant, okay? And that could be a name right there. Hasn't held a coordinator position or a head coaching job. Can recruit, right? I'm not sure if he's the guy that you're going to ultimately bring in, but his name's been thrown out there. And then here's a name... Now, let me preface this by saying I want the best coach for the job, right? I don't care what their background is. That has no bearing on if you're qualified for the job. And Tony Gibson, defensive coordinator for NC State, has that history of being a West Virginia guy. He was a longtime assistant at West Virginia. He would have connections, right? I mean, this would be a guy that, I mean, defense would be solid under him, I would think. So he's on the list of some people, and I would be entertaining that one definitely because I have a lot of respect for Tony Gibson. Now, there's going to be a certain portion of the fan base, and if you're in that group, let me know. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Paul Swan, or you can find me on Facebook. You can join our group, which I suggest you do. You can go to our Facebook page, The Drive with Paul Swan, and then jump in on the group. We're trying to get that community started and love to have you part of it. And, of course, this could be where you tell me that, no, I don't want a coordinator or a coach or anyone that has a West Virginia University background. The only reason I mention that is because I've seen it on social. Now, again, anecdotal 
social is not the it's not the final word here, but I've seen some of you throw that out there, and I'm thinking, I don't care. If the coach is qualified, I don't care. Every coach that is on that Mountaineer staff right now can apply for the job, and if one of them is the most qualified candidate out there, hire them. Because then you have to mention Coach Juwan Sider, Penn State running back coach, right? Recruiting coordinator at Marshall, right? Spent time at West Virginia, right? Okay. I mean, let's be honest. If you like the run game, this is your guy. And he's definitely an attractive name. And speaking of, and again, I'm referencing, and these are some of the names that I'm referencing off of the throw up a list of coaches story, and we've got our content for the day from SaturdayBlitz.com. The next name on the list is West Virginia Offensive Coordinator Jared Parker. Your offensive coordinator, right? Former Marshall assistant, right? Okay, there's a connection there. He's been other places. And so that's someone that you probably should give a phone call to and say, are you interested? Would you like to possibly look at the job and see if it's right for you? And then, of course, the list, and I mentioned this earlier, Byron Leftwich is not going to be the next coach at Marshall University. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, on this list. And again, uh, this is not my list. I am referencing one of many lists, and today this one was sent to me, SaturdayBlitz.com. And we're going to start entertaining these things. I think, you know what, that's probably going to be more fun for us. We're not going to put together our own list. We're going to look at everyone else's list, and we're going to break them down and see how we how we like. That's more fun anyway. That's more fun. Just We're going to judge your list. And, of course, if you've got a list, I want to hear it. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. You can join us on Facebook. Just go to our page, The Drive with Paul Swan. Hit that group tab and join the group. Ask to be invited. Uh, you have to be you have to be let in. We let you in the door, and once you get in, uh, it's um, it's a time for all to be had. It'll be fun. What do you think? Would you go a different route, coach wise? You think Mike Hamrick's sitting here right now, looking at websites, going, "Hmm, who should I hire?" What does Twitter say? What do they say on Twitter? Where should I look as far as the next coach is concerned? What do the message boards say? Let me tune in Paul Swan. What does he have to say? Let me write these names down. Besides, Hamrick would call me. If he, if, he, if he needed me, he'd call me. He's got my number. I might text him tonight and say, Hey, Mike, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Hamrick, um, here are my ne- here's my suggestions. What do you think? See, see what, that, what that does. See how that happens. But seriously... I go two ways with this. One, you're forming a search committee because obviously you want to search for the best candidates you can possibly attract to this job. So you're searching for a candidate. On the other hand, shouldn't you already have in mind your target? Shouldn't you have in the back of your mind or on a piece of paper tucked away somewhere or a note in your phone 
that says, in case of needing next coach, here's my guy. Shouldn't you have a good idea already of the next coach at Marshall University? I mean, honestly, haven't you, if you're thinking this through, wouldn't you start thinking about the individuals you're already going to target? Sure, you want to go and be thorough and you want to make sure that you're, you're doing your due diligence, but wouldn't you want to already have in mind this is the individual or these are the individuals we're looking at for this position? Just keep that in the back of your mind. And, of course, Marshall's not going to be able to comment on the search. We're not going to hear anything from them until it happens. And at that point, then, we'll, um, we'll be able to ask questions. But that's where we stand now with the search. Do you have a better list? Would you com- go completely out of the box? Would you go with any of these names? Would you come up with other names? Uh, or are there names that are probably not even on our radar that are being considered right now, whatever the case may be. And, of course, I still make the assertion that uh, if you want to bring someone in, you're going to have to probably pay as much as you paid Coach Holiday or go more. I would think you want to try to to match or exceed, try to attract the best candidate you can. Then you might um, go a different route and bring someone who's hungry, up and coming, pay them less, work, work from there. I don't know. We all have differing views. Unfortunately, I'm not the athletic director, and fortunately, I'm not the athletic director. It goes both ways. Either way, we'll continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, this is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you wanted to go back and relive all the glorious moments, you can do so on our podcast. We have it posted every day on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcast is where you'll find The Drive with Paul Swan. I appreciate everyone who's uh, tuned in that way, and uh, we'll try to keep that updated for you as uh, fast as we possibly can for those of you who maybe can't listen to the show live, and I do appreciate it. And, of course, as I've told you, a great way to be a part of the program off-air is to join our brand-new Facebook group. All you have to do is find our Facebook page. That's the simplest way to do it. You go to our Facebook page, The Drive with Paul Swan, and that's where you're going to find things about the show. We're going to post information that you need to know, either schedules, things like that. And then you go to the group link, you click on that, and you ask for an invite. We let you in, and then you can have conversations and hopefully some great great debates with fellow fans of the show and you can discuss sports in a a, well in a community of uh, like-minded fans maybe or you all just have one thing in common and that's me and that's cool find me on facebook the drive of paul swan like the group like the page and uh, we'll see you tomorrow online that's going to do it for this edition of the program thanks for everyone who tuned in today, I do appreciate it. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.